Hello, my little creatures of darkness. My mind went to a really dark place. <laughs> okay. I'll Continue. cut it. <laughs> Continue. No, keep going. Keep going. <laughs> Welcome back to Lawless Ladies. My name is Ellie. And I'm Jenna. And today we'll be covering one of the OG Lawless Ladies of good old Beantown. Beantown? Boston. Oh, Boston, Massachusetts. Okay. Also I, known as Beantown. Okay, I'm from the Midwest, and I I didn't know that was Beantown. Why is it called Beantown? Because Boston baked beans. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Pretty sure. <laughs> Not positive. But anyway. Does anyone actually like baked beans? Let's be honest. No. Excuse me. All of Britain. All of Britain. <laughs> Baked beans are delicious, Jenna. <laughs> Maybe I need Britain's baked beans. They, they Try are different. Try that five times fast. Britain's baked beans. Britain's baked beans. <laughs> it's easier if I have a British accent. Always is. Good old British baked beans. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Let's just cut the whole episode. <laughs> Jenna. Have you ever heard of a Ponzi scheme? Oh, yes. I love a Ponzi scheme. I <laughs> love me a good Ponzi scheme. Uh, upside down triangle. Or a triangle. Not upside down. It's a triangle. Yeah. Just a triangle. Just a triangle. It's just a triangle. Yes. <laughs> Could be upside down, but I don't think it would work that, that well. That would work very well if it's upside down. <laughs> well, according to history books um, that I most definitely read. I've, all of them. All of the books, yeah. The Ponzi scheme was originated by Charles Ponzi and was mm. popularized in the 1920s. But what if I were to tell you, Jenna, that Charles actually stole that idea from a woman? Not surprised yeah. at all. I know. It's, all. It is, you know, it can be shocking to hear <laughs> that a white man stole anything at all, but especially from a marginalized individual. And a woman, yes. Yeah, okay. a, a woman, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. gotcha. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but he sure did. <laughs> he definitely did. Darn shooting. Yeah, absolutely did. Today's story is about the true originator of the Ponzi scheme in the United States and one of history's most successful female fraudsters. Ooh, I am so excited. To I love fraud criminals. <laughs> I love fraud. I'm sorry. I love criminals that commit fraud. That's a merch shirt if I ever heard yes. one. I love fraud. <laughs> Today, I'm going to be telling you about Sarah Howe. Oh. Have you heard of her before? I have not. Of course not, because stupid fucking Charles Ponzi stole her fucking reputation. So it should be called a how scheme. That sounds awful. I'm sorry. Ponzi scheme. Ponzi sounds so slimy and skeezy. It does. But how? H-O-W-E? How? Yeah. How? Okay. Sarah Howe was born around 1826 in Providence, Rhode Island. Now, I say around because record keeping wasn't considered a necessity in the early 19th century. 
<laughs> of course not. Um, so as such, details of her early life aren't really well known. However, we do know that she started her career as a fortune teller in Boston. Mm. And we kind of pick up her trail in the 1870s. So she's already like, you know, 30s, 40s, being a fortune teller in the streets of Boston. And fortune tellers were kind of notoriously fraudulent, right? Because it's basically like, I'm just going to collect $5 from you, look into a crystal ball, and then tell you something that I imagine you want to hear as a fortune teller. And so... Yeah, like you'll be successful and make all this money. Yes. You can tell that to everyone. Absolutely. Absolutely. But she did make a pretty good living doing that. However, it just, you know... It just wasn't enough. Never is. It just wasn't enough. At this time, the U.S. economy was booming. The nation was rebuilding after the Civil War, and there was money to be made. Inventions were appearing left and right. Thomas Edison in the light bulb, Alexander Graham Bell with the telephone. And then there's little Miss Sarah Howe with the first ever bank for women ran by women. Hell yeah. Hell to the yeah. We love a little early femi. A little early feminist. That's right. Our lawless lady begins as a kick-ass fuck the patriarchy lady boss. Hell yeah. Uh, Except (laughs) this particular bank wasn't so kind to the ladies that Sarah claimed to be helping. Oh, come on, Um, Sarah. So not just anyone could open a bank account at Howe's Ladies Deposit Company. You had to be an unwed woman with no property and not a lot of money. So me. (laughs) Yes. We would both. We would both be be perfect. Welcome to apply to come in. (laughs) Come on in. Come on in. So Sarah really pushed this bank as like, I'm just trying to help the poor, unwed, single women that have no assets and have no property, but are, you know, they work allowed to work so a lot of them would work in factories and kind of you know save up little nest eggs um that they but they had no idea what the stock market was so they needed help in you know getting their little nest egg to grow yeah and invest she was trying to help out all of these people and it's kind of like on face the opposite of a bank's target audience right you want people that are going to be able to keep giving you money yeah you want and big assets so you can build interest exactly and make money off your money right but alas she was doing something different she's yeah. not your typical girl no. she was doing something different you could also only join if you were referred by a current member Ooh, so it was exclusive exclusive mm-hmm. you had to deposit between two hundred dollars and a thousand dollars which do you want to take a guess as to what that is in today's money Right. I'd say 200 would be like 20 grand now. Oh. No. <laughs> no, no. No, your um your inflation meter's off. Oh. It's, uh, <laughs> no, no, no. It's only 6,000. Oh. <laughs> but <laughs> way off. <laughs> a little off. <laughs> We're living in desperate times though. We're feeling so much of this inflation. <laughs> this is what it feels like. Yes. I get it. It does I mean, feel like, like that. We're looking at from 2019 to today we're paying yeah. double for like groceries apple, right yeah. so mm-hmm. that's where my brain went totally totally but no Not about a hundred dollars in 1870 was about three thousand dollars a little okay. under three thousand okay. dollars so that meant these women had to be coming to her with between six thousand and thirty thousand yeah. dollars in today's money okay that makes sense so like you know a pretty good 
chunk of change regardless um, of what time period you're in. And it was seems kind of like a lot for unwed women that don't have any property or assets or anything like that. So, but despite putting no advertising money into the business, like whatsoever, there is not a single advertisement that ever went out for the ladies deposit company. Just word of mouth. Just word of mouth. Wow. Solely word of mouth. The word quickly spread about how amazing this bank is and how like much money they're going to be making off this bank. Once at the bank, ladies were met with hospitality and compassion. How would sometimes be seen like sitting and chatting with the depositors. She appeared matronly and paid them compliments, which was a welcome reprieve from the predatory practices of banking run by men exactly, at the time. Exactly, yeah. Feeling that welcome coziness. Of course I'm going to give you all my money. Yeah, of course. This is a quote from Alana Muhammad's article in The Mental Floss. She said, how selectiveness endeared her to potential clients, as did the fact that she presented herself as a maternal figure at a time when gender stereotypes and predatory practices often left women and their money at the mercy of men. Mm -hmm. She even invited her select few depositors to sit with her, offering small talk and compliments. The experience seemed, as one woman put it, quote, sympathetic. So she was very good at, like, bringing in her depositors and... You know, making them feel at home, making them feel safe. Um, And the ladies deposit company was also offering some pretty fucking fantastic returns on the money. Sarah was promising her depositors an 8% return a month on their investments. Yep. How? That's a really good question, Jenna. And one that was asked... Many times. But for context, the current return on my high yield savings account is like 4.5%. And that's huge. That's big. Right now because of inflation. But usually it's like like a 1% if that. Yeah. Like it's like a point some, 0.25% is yeah. usually. So that's, exactly. that's nuts. Just crazy. So honestly, outrageous. Right? So <laughs> completely outrageous. And it sure did garner like quite a bit of attention from the local newspapers. Sarah Howe was reportedly not super open with reporters. And she also trained all of her clerks to be the same ways because this was an exclusive business, yeah. sir. Can't come in asking about my secrets. Absolutely. I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to tell you. So one reporter from the Boston Herald had to go to the level of impersonating a woman to investigate the bank because all of these journalists were fucking men. Yes. They weren't allowed in the bank. Men were not allowed in the lobby. There was, they are banished, banished. They were not allowed. So he had to dress up like a woman to go into this lobby. I am just picturing this heinous man dressed up in like all of the the big dress stuff. Oh my gosh. I just kept thinking of like this man having to walk in heels and a petticoat. It brings me back to the Birdcage movie. Yes. Oh my gosh. Fabulous movie. I watched it as a child, like, just so well done. But the dad politician and his whole year. Oh, my God. I can only picture it. Uh, Okay. Coming back to it. Sorry. So, yeah. He impersonated a woman and, and snuck into the bank. 
though he discovered, you know, the pleasantries, he wrote about how gorgeous the lobby was. Everything was silks and clad in gold and mahogany ooh. and very like ooh, affluent I love and that gorgeous. Kind of stuff. Like a little palace. Yeah. Feeling. It was yeah. there. You get pampered when yes, you go in there. That's what I want. That's just... what I want from we uh, we need a woman run bank women yes, and please. I want that. I want to go in there and have it be just like plush. Everything plush. Plush. <laughs> a lot of velvet. Are are you like worried you're gonna like fall and crack I, your head open or I something? Am, so you I need plush everywhere. I just like the softness. Touching. We live in such a harsh world, Jenna. <laughs> I just want something soft. Something soft to, to lean against. <laughs> you can lean against my soft belly. Thank you so much, Jenna. That means so much. So to me. much. Yes. Thank you Rest so your much. little head. <laughs> <laughs> so he received. So this investigator, he received nothing from the clerks. They basically were like, uh, "We're not telling you anything." Um, they said, "Quote: We never disclose the methods by which we do business." Absolutely not. No. Um, in a follow-up Herald interview with Howe herself, Howe revealed that the bank was a Quaker aid society, which was originating from Virginia. Basically, she, Im- she implied that this was like funded by the Quakers, that this oh. bank was like a, a non-profit that the Quaker people were funding. And really, I don't think the Quakers are known as having a lot of money. No. Nope. You know, they're more so just known for the Salem witch trials of murdering yes. all of those quotes. Yeah. These are air quotes, witches. Um, Maybe know. that's just like reparations then. Maybe that's <laughs> what she was thinking. She's like, now you're going to pay for all these unwed women that to get an 8% murder. return. Yes. <laughs> that's it. You know, maybe that's what she was thinking. Despite the investigatory articles surrounding the ladies' deposit company, um, and in fact, probably in spite of those articles, uh, Sarah's business was booming. Uh, money was coming in from Buffalo, Chicago, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, and Washington. Wow, big cities in that yeah. area. All without how taking out was taking out a single newspaper advertisement. Just word about let's let's be honest, us ladies, we like to chit chat. We know how to gab. We sure especially do. if we like something. And it's... oh yeah, I tell everyone, and I tell them the price yes. or like the return on the investment. I'm like so excited so... because I want other people to have this great amazing deal or experience that i am having yeah i share it with the world we like to share maybe that's just what it is we just like to share yeah you know that's what we're doing right now (laughs) we're sharing with you all these amazing stories yes heartwarming uplifting stories um (laughs) so she opened a branch of the bank in new bedford massachusetts and had plans to add offices in philadelphia and new york to keep up with the demand many of the women who deposited with the ladies deposit company reinvested their profits back into the bank putting their faith and entire life savings in Howe's enterprise. At the height of her operation, she had about 1,200 members and a total of $500,000 in deposits, which is how much today, Jenna? Do you want to take a little uh, guess? Half three, a million? 300% times if I... <laughs> I can't do that math. I need my... What's the thing? The abductor? The ab... Abacus... Ab- 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 Abacus. Whoa. <laughs> abacus. The abacus. How much is that? How much is the abacus? I don't know. You can probably get one for thirteen ninety nine on Amazon. 
No. Oh. Oh. (laughs) So $500,000 in deposits in 1875 would be about $13 million. That's what I was going to say. That's exactly what you See, I knew you had it. Yeah, I was so good at math. You're so good at it. You're so I good. I did take calculus. Think, <laughs> and I passed. Well, they're perfect. But that was 20 years ago. 15. Still counts. Still counts. Still, you should still brag about it. You should still bring it up. <laughs> I do. On every date I go on, I'm like, guess what? I passed calculus. Class. Just so you know, I did pass calculus. How come I don't get second dates? <laughs> I don't know, Jenna. That seems really surprising to me. I'm so surprised. Those guys are just stupid. They probably didn't pass calculus. They didn't. That's why they <laughs> That's can't why. keep up with me. That's why. Um, so with all this moolah, Sarah bought herself a luxurious house on Franklin Square. So if anybody is from Boston, you know Franklin Square is nice. Nice place. Um, she decked it out with exotic plants and expensive furniture. That's I, what I want to do. I know. However, Sarah's success was soon to run out. See, those pesky reporters, they didn't really relent. An investigative series published in September of 1880 by the Boston Daily Advertiser started probing in-depth to the workings of the bank. At first, this was difficult as there had not been any complaints at all. Whatever, in this quote, there whatever there may be that is suspicious, nothing unlawful is disclosed, and no depositor comes forward to say that she has been unjustly dealt with. So he found it difficult to find any wrongdoing without any people saying there was wrongdoing. Exactly. But he was determined of course to bring was. this woman down. Of course he was, because look at all these women making money and mm-hmm. being able to live without a man. They don't have to yep. rely on a man. God forbid a woman has any form of independence in the late right. 1800s. God forbid. Women couldn't even vote yet. No. No, we could not. But after he published this article really like questioning what was going on with this bank and just saying like it's impossible to have an 8% return. There's no way. Where are you getting the money? How's this happening? So after he published his, his first article in that series, ladies deposit company customers started to test out his theories. By the end of September, Howe had dealt with a slew of investors wanting to withdraw their deposits all at the same time. It's like a week, one week of hell for her, I'm sure. Yeah, because you had to have that cash. Yeah. And what she was doing was she was just taking the money of the new customers and paying out the 8% deposit, like investments to the other customers, the older customers, and she just kept doing that, which is, in fact, a Ponzi scheme. Yeah. As we all know, the money is going to run out once you stop getting new customers, and sometimes you just can't afford all of those payouts. So they were probably told to tell other people about what a great deal this is, the 8%. Yeah. That word of mouth getting around gets more people in. The more people you get bring in, the more you're going to make because mm-hmm. more people bringing money to the deposit bank, more money to play with, yep. bigger investments can be made. Mm-hmm. Okay, I see what mm-hmm. she did there. Yeah, she was doing she was doing it. So how was able to pay out like these withdrawals that were happening at the end of September? She was able to she was able to shell out a about 80k right okay. in in deposits before she just 
ran right out, scraping the bottom of the barrel there. So it really, at that point, made it clear that she had not, in fact, been investing this money and the money that they were seeing in return was not from the investments. And bada bing, there you go, is the first recorded Ponzi scheme in the U.S. history, a good 40 years before Charles Ponzi, so he can suck it. So he probably it. read about what she did and is like, I can do that. Maybe. We'll have to dig him up and ask him. But also, like, I feel like if it was a man making all this money, no one would look oh, into it. absolutely. Yeah. No, the, the, she was getting berated, like, article after article after article about her. They just wore and, her down. Yep. A couple of weeks later, on October 16th in 1880, Sarah Howe was arrested... And her bail was set at $20,000 cash. That's a lot of money back then. Yep. She was tried on five counts of cheating by false pretenses. Okay. So not fraud. Oh, She okay. wasn't charged with fraud. She was charged with cheating by false pretenses, which at that Cheater. time was essentially because she said the Quakers were funding her operation which they weren't they, which they weren't because get this she had no ties whatsoever to the quakers in any sense of the word so at trial it was pretty easy to convict her because it's like well, what are you talking about you're getting the money from the quakers are you a quaker <laughs> how are you how did you meet how the did quakers? you meet the quakers <laughs> are the quakers in the room with us right now <laughs> A quote from The Atlantic covering this trial said she had no more hold upon the Quakers than she had upon the Pope. She had nothing to prove that she was was getting this. So on April 25th, 1881, Sarah Howe was convicted and sentenced to three years in jail and all her money was gone. She had to be declared insolvent, which meant all of it was liquidated and and seized. Given back Um, to the people, probably. Yeah. Well, well, as much as possible. While she was in there, she really repented and extra expressed like extreme remorse. Um, and when she got out, she became nearly angelic in all of her actions. Psych! She came out and did exactly the same thing. She, she came did out it again. Did it all over again. Shut up. Yep. Shut mm-hmm. up. Fresh out of prison in 1884, Sarah Howe established the Women's Bank on the other side of Boston. <laughs> And began again targeting women, but this time she was offering 7% interest instead of the 8%. Okay, where did she say she got, where was she getting the money this time? Oh, zip that lip. She did not, she, she didn't say anything she about Quakers. to say anything because that's what she got caught for last time, remember? It yeah. wasn't fraud. It was because she said the Quakers. So yeah. she didn't say anything about where she was getting the money. She was just like, look, I had this really fantastic banking system yeah. that. You know, I was misquoted or (laughs) I don't know how she got out to getting more debitors, but she did. So guess how long this bank lasted? Five years. It was two full fucking years. Two years. Two years after she just got out. It wasn't even a few months before she. They obviously didn't have people looking into her after she got out. Right. Which is crazy. I mean, it was the same scheme, same model, same CEO. Two years. Two years. (laughs) The Woman's Bank met its finale when a woman from Maine finally called to retrieve her rather sizable deposit and found that she could not. Howe seized about 50K in deposits from that bank before fleeing to another city. Oh, she got out before. Yep. She fled down to Chicago where she did it all over fucking again. Oh my God, this woman is insane. I love it. Yes, she established the Ladies Provident Aid. 
um, and again was offering 7%. But this time she offered with three months advanced interest payments when you sign up. So not only are you getting 7% off your investment, you're, she's also being like, and I'll give you three months ahead of time. I'll front you the three months of the investment what? percentage, right? That's also insane. It's crazy, honestly. But the newspapers in Chicago caught on really fucking quickly um, to her scam, and she was run out of there, but not before stealing an additional 30K from her early depositor. Wow. Depositors, yeah. So it just kind of goes to show that she was becoming quite notorious for doing this because Chicago was able to shut her down really, really quickly. Unlike fucking Boston, where they just let her do it for two more years. So with her budding enterprises being shut down left and right, Sarah Howe fled back to Boston to lick her wounds, only to be picked up by the police again in 1888 on a, an arrest warrant from before when she left from the the uh, second bank. Why would she go back to Boston? Like, why wouldn't you just start a new life somewhere else? I don't know. That's a good question. I mean, I mean, Maybe she missed home and it felt like home going back home. And she probably just thought, like, they'll never recognize me. I mean, there were, you know, like she could have just yeah, changed her her appearance look or, a bit. She got away with it a lot. Yeah, <laughs> a lot I of guess, the times. Like, yeah, it's all about your your interaction then because there mm-hmm. weren't, like, cameras and stuff. Right. Right. Okay. So she really, she probably could have laid low, but as we've discovered, that's not really she her like style. She She's not a fancy Sarah's, lady. Not Sarah's style. So she served another year in jail for her swindling from that 1888 breast warrant. swindle. I know. It's, it's such, such a, a lovely one. word. I love it. Swindle swindling and once she was out she returned to fortune telling so she was like okay guys i'm not gonna start another fucking bank (laughs) i'll just tell people's fortunes yeah instead um so she charged 25 cents a reading uh and continued to work until she died in 1892 at the age of 65 more or less and she, she died penniless and alone she was Sarah. never married. The, the other thing with Sarah Howe that was was interesting is she's all she was also known, and this probably comes into a lot of the criticisms that she received from the papers. But she was also in an interracial marriage. She's one of like a prominent member of society who is in an interracial marriage, and I just can't help but think <laughs> that might have also had something to do with that oh, yeah they were definitely attacking her because of that i guarantee you mm-hmm. i mean like five years ago in minneapolis people were staring at me when i was going on a date with a guy that wasn't white like Ugh. just disgusting right people so just staring stupid. at us our whole date gross so fucking stupid but the newspapers of the time really took this whole situation um as an excuse to just shit on women generally but especially sarah howe uh, and this might shock you jenna but most of the criticism centered on howe's appearance which is really surprise surprise just like they were saying she say. was like ugly or something yeah so or? the boston herald claimed that howe was nearly as deaf as a post and cross-eyed what? yep Bankers Magazine described Howe as a short, fat, very ugly, and so illiterate as to be unable to write an English sentence or to speak without making shameful blunders. This is disgusting. Oh my gosh. And hey, fuckers, she ended up stealing tons of money from people. Yep. And she had this huge 
beautiful bank. Okay. Exactly. Exactly. So this was all just proven by Sarah's own interviews and statements in which she was very articulate and even like a little sassy. I so, like a little sassy. Me too. In response to one newspaper's critique of the Ladies Deposit Bank, Howe wrote, The fact is, my dear man, you really know nothing of the basis, means, or methods on which our affairs are conducted. And when shut up in the meshes of your savings bank notions, you attempt an exposition of the impossibility of our existence. You boggle and flounder like a bat in a flytrap. Boom. Bam. Mic drop. Bam. Suck it. That is so, so well phrased. Thank you. I need to copy that and I will be using it. I will absolutely be using the handle, my dear man. My dear man. The fact is, my dear man, is such an amazing opener to any time you're going to critique a man. <laughs> I love it. She was probably like this gorgeous woman, too. Yeah, I mean, historians also say that any interaction she's had with other people that were not in the newspaper business said that she was just an ordinary woman. She was just ordinary looking. There was nothing like off about her. It was just the time because she was a woman and she was a villain and those two things couldn't be put together in people's minds. So they had to make her like monstrous in whatever way that they could. And the victims of Sarah Howe were not spared criticism by media outlets either, even though they were full-fledged just victims of this woman. The New York Times wrote, quote, It is plain that Mrs. Howe's methods of business would not have inveigled men. Men, when they becoming victims of the sawdust swindlers, require to see how the tempter can find his account in the offer he makes them. That dude needed a little grammar lesson in the structure of that yeah. sentence, but whatever. We would have we written that way. But however, the Times conveniently ignored the fact that many men actually encouraged their female relatives to invest in the ladies' deposit company. In fact, during that time, women were often the majority depositors and shareholders in the U.S. stock market because they weren't allowed to own property or purchase assets of their own. So they just had a bunch of money. To put into the stock, stock market. market. Interesting. So we can thank women for holding up the stock market and contributing to the booming U.S. economy of that time. That is insane. Pretty Way crazy, go, right? women. I didn't know that. Yeah. I love these fun facts. So the fact of the matter is, is Sarah House like, saw an opportunity to operate like the men of the time, and she just fucking took it. In the late 1800s, the United States was moving out of a period marked by free banks in which there were very limited rules governing banks and into a system of national banking, which was more familiar to us today, where there's a lot more regulations and there's, you know, oversight and stuff. Which we needed. And we definitely, I mean, the yeah. Great Depression is a prime example yeah. in the early 1900s. So there were very few regulations on banks and the stock market was relatively new. So for women like how it presented an unregulated place where money was changing hands purely on the basis of confidence. And Sarah Howe had plenty of confidence. Howe was aided and abetted by the economic conditions, but she was also a wizard at her craft. What Howe mastered beyond the Ponzi scheme is what experts call an affinity fraud, which is going after a group of people who have something in common and most often who the scammer has something in common with, too. This is a quote from 
Lux Alpatrom, the author of Faking It, also a really great book. These are people who set up a shop in a marginalized community and are exploiting the very real vulnerabilities of that community to make themselves more powerful and make themselves more money at the expense of people who are more marginalized than them. Absolutely yeah. happens. And it's still happening now. Yeah. Today. I mean, even with like products like hair products and like yes. all of these women that are coming in and being like, see, I'm just like you. Yes. Let me help you. Give me your money. Money. <laughs> and I will take it and I will do amazing things. Oh my gosh. Fire Festival. Yes. They're making exactly. another one. Shut up. They uh, are. He's, he's out of jail and he's making another. Stop. And people are paid. Oh, my people God. People are paid for it. Oh, my God. Our society is going down the tube. I'm getting ready for the next documentary. Are you going to get it? Are you going to get a ticket? Absolutely not. <laughs> I oh do my love God. Is my... Ja Rule still involved? Oh, I don't know Ja Rule, but he was pretty amazing when we saw him in concert. He was pretty year. good, honestly. He was fit. His voice actually hit all the notes. It was really great. Key. I was very impressed. He was better great now than back in the 90s, yeah. 2000s. Great performer. Terrible businessman. Terrible. Terrible. No, terrible. Do not partner with no, him. No, 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 no. Whatever he don't just don't do it. Absolutely. Yeah. But because a woman doing anything in the early 19th century was cause for alarm, Sarah couldn't really get away with her schemes like Charles Ponzi could. And newspapers had to villainize her, like making her into a monster physically, because at that time, people just wouldn't believe that a sweet fortune teller woman could operate in such a scheming way. Um, to be fair, she fucked over a lot of struggling women for the sake of silks and economic de- independence. But the struggle was also really real for women in this time. The only way for them to gain power was to imitate men and use their scheming against them. And that's, let's be honest, ladies. Men hate it when we treat them the way they treat us. Exactly. And it's not her fault that as a woman, she was just like, much better at it than them usually are right and that is the story of the first ponzi scheme in u.s history it wasn't stupid fucking charles it was sarah fucking Howe. yes and we should all remember that 